Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. Hello to all my homebound people out there. My fam is in full hobby mode right now, which means for me talking to you and for my husband playing his bass in the garage by himself. Ah, how I miss going places literally anywhere. In the Bay Area, that mostly means public transportation because parking is a hot mess. We used to hop in a lift at least once a week to go to the city or to go have an adult beverage. So this episode is a tribute to the Lyft drivers out there who are currently missing their livelihood. My friend Stephanie was a driver back when they had the giant pink mustaches. Do you remember that? And she still has one, which is like a collector's item now. She should probably sell it on eBay. We were cleaning out her apartment recently, and she had a box of business cards that said, Lawyer and Lyft Driver which just seems like classic San Francisco. So I want to know, why did she start lifting? And what was the whole process to get hired and interviewed when it was brand new? I was out of work and I had a car and that was kind of it. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was super early on. Um, We actually had to go into the Lyft office for an interview, which they definitely don't do anymore. It was like a group interview situation. Like, and before I did that, there was like a phone call where they're like, if you could give a lift to or give a ride to anybody in history or, you know, one of those things, like, who would it be? I think my answer was uh, Tina Fey. That's a good one. They would encourage you to, like, come up with gimmicks for your ride, right? And, like practicing giving fist bumps you know doing all of that stuff and you know how all the drivers pictures have like a green leafy background we actually took our pictures in front of like a green leafy wall which is why they do that now so it was yeah it was like an og yeah i mean i remember when i was when i started to do it i had to explain to everybody yeah so i'm a lift driver you know the cars with the big pink mustaches yeah so this is how it works and everyone was always fascinated by all the details because like when I started driving, they didn't have Lyft in L.A. yet, I remember, because when they started, I wanted to go down and hang with Corey and drive Lyft there, but they wouldn't let you do it like you had to, like, pick a market. So, like, in order for me to, like, switch from San Francisco to Los Angeles, it would be, like, a couple of days for them to switch me into that market, and then, like, a certain amount of time before I could switch back. Like, it was very, like, regimented and, like, all sorts of rules and stuff. Also, no fares. It was all donation-based. Wasn't it, it was New Year's 2014 that they started actually charging fares. You would take a lift and it would tell you what, you know, like suggested donation. And you could either pay that much or more or less. But then as a driver, you could have your settings so that if someone didn't pay on average, like at least like 90% of the fare, I wouldn't even get their ride request. So if you didn't pay the suggested donation very quickly, you would be like blocked out of the system. What was it like? So when I first started driving, I think it was like maybe the first weekend that I drove, I picked up a prostitute. <laughs> picked up this girl. It was like a Saturday morning. I picked her up at a hotel in like Knob Hill, Tender Knob, right? Like that kind of area. She was like my age-ish, wearing a dress that I totally would wear. 
we were like chatting it up and like I'm asking her things and and I asked her you know what she did and she said she was a sex worker and I was like what does that mean she's like I'm a prostitute I was like shut up <laughs> and I learned a lot about the business of whoring that morning yeah what did she say about it well, so she was using that, like, telling me about how she books her clients. It was, like, through this website. I could probably remember the name of it if I tried, but I remember asking a friend who's a public defender, asking her about it, and she was like, oh, yeah, I know that one very well. But it was, like, basically, like, Yelp for whores, oh which was her words, not mine. She had, like, a page with, like, her services menu, and, like, in order to make an appointment with her, you had to have references from two other people on the site. Awesome. So in order to like actually make an appointment, someone had to be vouched for by two other like workers, like two, yeah, yeah. you right? So like there was some safety involved with it. Right. So I picked her up, I took her home and then she got some things and then I took her to a seminar in this place called One Taste, which I had never heard of before. I learned, I'm telling you, I learned a lot this morning. And she went to a seminar on, what was it called? But it was basically like a, a ladies circle jerk was this like thing that she was going to. It was very weird. Wish I could remember details. Obviously, I had to Google this One Taste seminar. And according to the internet, it's orgasmic meditation, Om, a unique wellness practice that combines mindfulness with the power of the, quote, deeply human, deeply felt experience of orgasm. I'm just going to leave that for you to explore further if you choose to. And ask Stephanie if she had any bad rides or bad passengers. Not really, not a ton. I drove for Uber for a very short period of time, and I had more assholes in my car in that month than I did in a year and a half with Lyft. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that I, I don't even have the Uber app anymore. Yeah. But yeah, some assholes when I drove for Uber. Like I remember a guy telling like racist jokes and like talking about some story about his daughter, who was like two, three, four, or something in that range, like making a joke about like why don't we do a joke. That's not the right word, but like yeah. saying something about how his daughter made some comment about like shooting homeless people and he thought it was funny. Yeah. Okay, our friend Erin chimes in here and she wants to know why Uber and Lyft are this bipartisan system. Well, so I think it's less so now, but at the time, and like this was like 2013, they were like really heavily competitive and the businesses started from different ends, right? Like Uber started with like their black car kind of service, whereas oh. Lyft started on the lower end of like, you know, your friend with a car, donations. Even driving for the companies was different. Like their vehicle requirements were different. Lyft was a lot more flexible. I mean, at the time, Lyft allowed for passengers to tip in the app and Uber didn't. And like, I felt very strongly about drivers not accepting cash for any reason. Because, like, to me, any time a driver accepts cash, it put me at risk. Right. Because it meant that there were people out there who thought that their Uber or Lyft drivers had cash on them. Right? And, like, that's not okay. Right. Also, I think because Uber started as a black car, like, the clientele were people who were expecting a type of service. They would always sit in back. I had people refer to me as driver as if it were my name. And I'm like, look, either open your app and see my name or just say excuse me. Yeah. But, like, you're, you're in my car. Right. 
I'm giving you a ride. You're in my car, you know? And I was driving a Lexus at the time, which was not a typical car for car share. It really pissed me off. Like, people just, like, had a very different attitude about it. Whereas, like, with Lyft, people would get in the front seat and, like, treat me like a human being. Key question. Is it better to ride in the front or the back seat? My driver's opinions are very outdated. I haven't driven since 2014. I prefer to sit in the front seat, right? Like when I'm driving anytime, I'd rather sit in the front seat. There's more space. It's, you know, more comfortable. But I always check it out before I get in. Like if they have the seat pulled way forward or a bag on the seat, because some drivers don't, they want you to sit in the back. I find in San Francisco, they're much more open to you sitting in the front than anywhere else. Yeah, I love writing because my favorite thing is stories and I get to get every single driver's stories. You know, I like dig in deep for my 20 minute ride. (laughs) I almost always sit in the front, mostly for that purpose, because it's like weird having a conversation with one person in the back and one in the front. Mm -hmm. I'll sit in the back if I'm in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. If I'm like, don't talk to me, I don't want to interact with humans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think like as a driver, I learned a lot about Maybe not like new skills, but I learned a lot about just like thinking about how to relate to people or like if someone sits in the front, they'll want to talk. If someone sits in the back and is on their phone, they probably don't want to talk. Yeah. Right. Like things that, you know, but like you become more conscious of these cues. Right. Right. I would drive in the mornings and like someone would get in my car, you know, dressed like business cat, business, you know, whatever going to work and good morning how's it going you know I'd be in the marina and some girl gets in my car I'd be like oh my god I love your skirt you know you just kind of learn how to reflect energy in like a more conscious way which is a really really useful skill so I want to know what was the best part and her answer is basically the magic that was really the best part about it was the serendipity In the morning when you turn your app on, if you turn it on now or 30 seconds from now, your whole day is different, right? Because, like, who you pick up and where they're going determines the next who you pick up and where they're going. And so, like, you could just never know. A handful of times I picked up people I knew. Um, Once I picked up a girl I hadn't seen in years, years, and it was so fun. I saw her name. She had a really distinct, unique name, and I saw her name on my app, and I was like, I wonder. And she said that she had the same feeling, and, like, she saw me on the app and was like, oh, my God, is that Stephanie? So I remember, like, I pulled up, and I was really excited, and she came, like, running down the stairs, and it was really fun. There was another time I met a friend of a friend who we had never actually met in person, but, like, I knew her, like, photo, her avatar, because we had done some, like, emailing about something regarding another friend. We had actually spoken many times but never met in person and then she, until she got in my car, which was cool. Yeah. And also, like, in the early days when it was a lot of, it was a smaller group of people that were using it, I had n- numerous repeat passengers. Mm-hmm. My favorite one was probably I picked up these guys. They were going to look in an apartment. And they were really excited about this apartment. And, like, we did these, like, um, like good luck little things. Like, I remember, like, you know, doing funny handshakes and things like that. All of these things to give them good vibes as they were, like, going in to check out the apartment. And I picked up one of the guys a week later. And he re- remembered me. And he was like, guess what? We got the apartment. <laughs> it was really That's fun. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You feel like you're part of someone's life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
There were multiple occasions I picked up people from a breakup, like walking out bag in hand, taking them to a friend's house or something like that. So there was a lot of like therapy, like bartender style therapy, which was really, really fun. Yeah, it was good. It was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. There was one morning I picked up one of the founders of Lyft. Just picked him up from home and took him to a meeting. And he was super nice and like joked with me about things that like I think about now that I'm sure he would never joke about, especially with some like rando driver. Right talking about like the data they had, you know, because you know exactly of who's going to where. The fact that he actually joked about it with a rando driver strangely makes me feel safer because it makes it signals to me that he understood that this was not an appropriate way to use data. But he was saying that like they could probably look at someone's travels and if, and figure out if they were like cheating on their spouse totally. based on like where they go and when. Yeah. You know, and like how you can, if you really like put together people's travel data, you could learn a lot about them. Yeah. And again, this was before any of this was like an actual issue. Right. You know, like joking about just all of the data that they had and like what they could do with it. Right. Because I remember there was a thing with Uber actually doing that to journalists. Wow. Yeah, there was one particular female blogger, again, one of the many reasons, like reason number 417 why I won't use Uber. And again, this was under the former CEO who, even before all this stuff came out about him being a jerk, every woman in San Francisco knew that that guy was a jerk. So this female blogger was writing some bad things about Uber, and at a party, someone pulled up her travel data and was like, look, this is where she is right now. And then she found out about it. Ooh. Yeah. I want to say that was like the summer of 2014 or 15. Mm -hmm, really scary. Okay, she said that serendipity was the best part of driving, but it also enhanced her social life and her love life. I went on dates with Lyft passengers a, no. a number of times. Excuse me, a number of times? A number of times. <laughs> there was one time where, like, I picked up these guys at a bar, these three guys. I picked them up at a bar, and I was taking them to dinner. And we are having a good time in the car, and they're like, you want to join us for dinner? And the restaurant they were going to had a parking lot. So I was like, sure. So I parked the car and turned off the app, and they bought me dinner. And... <laughs> I ended up with this guy and a bottle of wine out at Ocean Beach at 3 a.m. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. That definitely happened. Making friends. Uh -huh. There was one Lyft passenger that I, I dated for a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. I remember another time taking a group of people. They were going to a concert. And I was taking them. And again, we were having a good time in the car. And they were like, you know, we have an extra ticket if you want to come. So I was like, sure, parked the car and went in, ran into other friends of mine while I was there. It was a great night. Yeah. Ratings are a key component to this experience. So how do we rate our drivers? And what does my rating look like after Tamara and I ate that entire pizza in the back seat? I rode with this woman in Fresno, and she had a big sign about, like, some percentage of tips or whatever going to Lyft and da-da-da, and, like, please, basically was, like, requesting tips. And requesting that made me, tips or yeah. cash tips? No, not cash tips. Okay, good. Tips. Okay. 
that made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. No. Then they have signs up about, like, make sure to give me five stars. Yeah. I'm like, look, if you were really good, you wouldn't have to exactly remind me. Right, right, right. So one time we were getting a lift and we started talking about the ratings and the driver was telling us that we have ratings too. Uh And then we were all going down this rabbit hole of like trying to figure out what our rating was. And I think with Lyft, you actually have to like email the company to get your rating. It's like not on your profile. Oh yeah. No, it's not visible to you, but it is visible to the driver. Right. So when you take a ride, you can ask them and they may remember because yeah. they can't see it once you're in the car, I don't think. Right. But when they're when they're going to pick you up, they can see your rating. Right. One of the things I remember from my orientation as a driver, and I think that they still do it now, is that if you rate someone three or below, you'll never be paired with them again. Good. Which also means that a four is a big deal. Right. Which is why a lot of drivers talk about the ratings is because many passengers think that a four is like, fine yeah and five is stellar yeah but that's not the case yeah because a three means i never want to see you again so like right right those are big steps between a three and a four and a five and this guy was saying he won't pick up anyone that's less than a 4.8 oh that's how we got started on the conversation because then we were like 4.8 like Mm -hmm. what are we you know you're probably five stars. There's no reason why you wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, because drivers want five stars, so they're giving five stars. Right. The standard for a passenger is much lower. And also, there's not a lot of room for you to mess up. Yeah. With a driver, like, they can get a low rating if they pick you up wrong or if they go drive too fast or too slow. Yes, yes. Right? There's a lot of things that can change that up. Yeah. But really, like, unless your driver is not good, give him a five. Yeah. Like, I've given fours if it they're not paying attention to the GPS or yeah. they're not safe drivers, like too fast or it's more all, often it's too all slow. about safety. Yeah. It's all about safety. If I do not feel safe in your car for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you're going to get less than that. Yeah. I was a Lyft mentor. I don't think that they do this anymore. No. They may or mentor. they may or may not, but they started this program and I was like Lyft mentor number 12 or something like that. Like they picked a couple of drivers and then this is when they went away from doing interviews. They started this mentor thing. So when someone wanted to drive Lyft, they would open up the app, like put it in driver mode or whatever. And then as a Lyft mentor, when I was out driving, I would get what kind of looked like a ride request, but it was a mentor request. So then I would park my car and basically become the passenger. And I would request a ride and someone would come and pick me up and I would ride with them and inspect their car and you know, and recommend to Lyft if they should be a driver or not. It's a great idea because then you don't need boots on the ground in order to, like, Mm -hmm. expand your driver base in a city, right? You have your drivers training other drivers. The standard was essentially, like, would you let your sister ride in the car with this person? Would you feel comfortable with your friends and family being in the car with this person? And if yes, great. And if no, great. Right. But, like... Did you have any that you were, like... Yeah. Really? Uh Uh-huh. There was somebody who I gave a ride to who, while she was, no, who I gave a ride to, who gave me a ride, who told me that she wasn't comfortable driving and talking at the same time. And I was like, well, maybe this isn't the job for you. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's a lot of that. (laughs) Even though, like, she was very nice, you know, I was like, no, thanks. (laughs) That's what I think of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some people had shitty cars. That was also a no. Yeah, like if the car is dirty, nasty, I don't, I don't like it. No, and like, some people look like they're living in their car, like. Yeah, well, and also in that situation, it's like someone not 
brushing their hair for a job interview. Correct. You know, it's like, what do you think we're doing here? Yeah, like, where's your level of common sense? Yeah. yeah. You take passengers like that, fine. But, like, you don't take the person who's inspecting your car. Yeah. Bad judgment. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm complaining to Stephanie about how hard it is to drive in San Francisco and how there's so many Lyft drivers who come to the city and don't know what the heck they're doing. She has no chill for this. No, you should know how to drive if you're driving here. It's your job. You're taking money to give somebody a ride. You better be able to do it, you know? (laughs) I mean, the thing is about driving in San Francisco, and when I drove Lyft, I used to tell people that I spend all day watching people make bad decisions. People are intimidated by the idea of driving in a city, and so they just expect things to be haywire, and so they start acting haywire, and then it throws things haywire. I drove in San, Lyft in San Francisco for a year and a half without incident. It's possible to do. We had a guy, like an older guy, that like didn't know where he was going. This was in Oakland. Missed whatever exit he was supposed to take and then pulled over on the side of the freeway. No. Yes. That guy got like a zero star. <laughs> no. Because that is not safe. That no. is not what you do. Yeah. Uh-uh. He was all flustered and lost. That guy shouldn't be driving himself. Absolutely not. No. Aaron directed him to the next exit and we got out. (laughs) He was like, let us out of this vehicle immediately. I mean, like, things happen. I remember one time this couple gets in the car and I'm not taking them far, just down the street to, like, the grocery store. And I somehow turned on this one street that then became the only place to to go was onto the Bay Bridge. It was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. But I had to drive all the way down to Treasure Island and turn around and come back into the city. And all they were doing was going a couple of blocks (laughs) to the grocery store. (laughs) Yeah, there are adjustments. There's adjustments driving in any new place. Like driving on the East Coast is different than driving on the West Coast, you know? But it's the people who make the adjustments versus the people who freak out. Don't freak out. Just make a decision and go with it. Here's one final story about being a passenger with a driver whose life is in turmoil. Were you with me Labor Day in San Diego when the Lyft driver got a ticket? I don't know. I don't think so. It was so horrible. He was it? Yes. He picked us up like in a place you're not supposed to pick up people. And he got pulled over and got a ticket. And he was fully crying tears no. about the ticket yes and we're just sitting in the back seat while oh, like it's so your fault too because oh. you you're the one that told him to pick you up there <laughs> he wasn't like no ladies why don't you come over here instead i mean we were not from san diego we were on vacation we didn't know like where the appropriate places were to pick up but apparently this guy should have known because it was labeled i guess oh no when he's like driving after the ticket, he's driving us home crying. And then he's telling us all about how he's like here from Iraq and like his family are refugees and he has to like send money back to them. And then was like crying about his family. Oh my God. It was so sad. How much did you tip? I tipped him so many dollars. <laughs> so many dollars. All of the dollars. Yes. I was just like, take my money. <laughs> To drivers who are out of work, 
We miss you, we love you, and we hope to see you again soon. We are longing to be out in the world, and I promise to use your first name, give you five stars, and ask you 20 questions. Because I bet you're weird, and I want to hear about it. This song is Crash With No Cushion by The High Decibels. <laughs>